0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back after a long-extended vacation to the Coast to Coasties podcast. I'm so excited for you all to be joining me again for the start of Season 2. First episode, so we got to make it count and make it a good one. I first want to start out by thanking everyone for all of your support and your messages, first regarding Season 1, and then checking in asking when Season 2 is going to be coming out. It really showed me that a lot of people really appreciate the content that I'm putting out, and I really appreciate all the feedback on what you want to hear for the future episodes, who you'd like to hear from guest-wise, and I hope to deliver all this to you in due time. Now, for the start of Season 2, much like the start of Season 1, it's going to be just me on this episode here, but I have a stacked lineup coming for this season. We got guests in just about every walk of life of the Coast Guard, you name it, enlisted officer-wise, all job codes and specialties for the officer side, rates for the enlisted side. We got a jam-packed schedule coming in for you guys. So from this moment on, be expecting regular updates. Now, with that said, I got to give you a lot of updates on what's happened to me the past couple months that has led to this hiatus in episode publishing. So I left off. Being an MSTA school and graduating and becoming an MST3 Jack and Muzi, I did a couple episodes to round off the end of season one, talking with a few MSTs of the recruiter's office. And what ended up happening was during MSTA school, I learned that I had gotten picked up for the direct commission officer school program. So shortly after doing my time at the recruiter's office for a couple of weeks, I pinned on Ensign, which essentially you're not pinning it on, but you're putting on shoulder boards. And I became 01 Jackamoozie, so now Ensign Jackamoozie. And what I wanted to highlight was that DCO, the Direct Commission Officer Program, is one of the most unknown to the outside available options for people to become an officer in the Coast Guard. And That's what today's episode is going to be focused on is what is direct commission officer school? And I thought it best to be appropriate since I had a kind of unique situation with graduating A school into becoming an officer, that I wanted to wait and see how other people ended up becoming direct commission officers and what their specialties were. So I wanted to do this episode after I had graduated DCO school. So, this is the other unique thing about being a direct commission officer you put on bars and you show up to your unit before you go to a schooling. So in the Coast Guard Academy route, in the c Spy route, in the Officer Candidate School route, which I'll get into all those in future episodes and later in this one talk about differences, you have to go through either a four-year college institution, a 17-week intense training environment for the Officer Candidate School, or in the C-SPY program, which is the college program, you have to go through boot camp and officer candidate school in order to become an officer. So, C-SPY and OCS both go through the officer program at um, the Coast Guard Academy for 17 weeks. The officer candidate school program, which is from what I've been told, boot camp for the first eight weeks, and then the next nine weeks are strictly regimented. Now. There's a huge difference here, and I'll explain why, is because for Officer Candidate School or the Coast Guard Academy or Boot Camp, if you are enlisted in the Coast Guard, there's a glaring difference compared to Direct Commission Officer. All those other programs, the Coast Guard is interviewing you to see if you're a good candidate and you fit in, hence the name Officer Candidate School, so... The Coast Guard is evaluating you and your ability to succeed as an officer. They put you in scenarios that you're probably going to encounter or most definitely will encounter as an officer. And likewise in Cape May with boot camp, but this episode will be focused on the officership. So I'll stick to OCS for right now. And they're going to see how you react to those situations and if you can successfully succeed as an officer with your potential. There's an application process, no matter which route you take, but for officer candidate school, that route includes going through the 17-week program. Now, getting back to direct commission officer, which is what I went through, you have to do the application process as well. You have to sit in on an interview board in a panel and get interviewed by three officers, and they'll throw out scenarios to you for about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how long your panel is and you'll answer their questions, honestly and truthfully to the best of your ability for how you would react to situations, and they give you advice on how they would handle it and how you could potentially improve going forward in the future. So with that being said, if you're already in the Coast Guard, there's additional requirements such as writing a memorandum format essay for why you want to become a direct commission officer. So as a civilian, You still have to write the essay, but it's not in memorandum format, which is the Coast Guard uh, standard for routing up uh, important information through the chain of command. So application process aside, you're going to end up needing to go to the MEPS Medical Center and hand in the application, take your panel. No different from that perspective, no matter how you're applying to become an officer. It's all the same way in terms of that. Where it differs is that moment where I told you that I reported my unit before I went to direct commission officer school, and that seems really weird because all other forms of getting into the Coast Guard are a session evaluations as we went over. So for direct commission officer, you directly get hired. You're a direct hire, so there's no interview process, like the other routes to become an, an officer are, and not interview meaning that panel that you went and took, I'm talking about the evaluation of your abilities over that 17-week OCS period, or for those fortunate enough to have attended the Coast Guard Academy, your 200-week training regime, but my program, the Direct Commission Officer School, it is essentially us interviewing the Coast Guard. That's how the Captain Muse, who is the current uh, head of the Leadership Development Center at the Coast Guard Academy, he explained that to us like that the first day we got there, is He said, we bring a unique skill set that the Coast Guard desperately needs. And because of that, they know that we could have gotten lucrative jobs in the civilian sectors we respectively come from, from our various unique positions. And so because we're a skill set that's in demand across all the military services, potentially in some fields like cyber and IT, which are really desperate right now, and doctors, or niche ones like marine inspectors, like in the Coast Guard. But anyone that went through the direct commission school is needed for their specialty and skill set. So where this comes into play is you may have less flexibility with how your career outline goes as a direct commission officer. And I don't want to say there's no flexibility because, you know, there definitely is some flexibility and I've heard stories in the past, but what I'm getting at is this, is if you look at some of the programs that direct Commission officers can get picked up for, direct Commission aviators, lawyers, doctors, maritime academy graduates, select schools, meaning anyone that knows about Virginia military institution or Virginia Tech, the Citadel, you know military schools like that fall into the direct Commission select school. you can be a cyber officer. You can be a direct commission engineer. And I'm leaving a couple others out. There's um, a direct commission doctor route now for the IPAP program, which I'll touch on in a different episode here. But essentially, there's about 10 to 12 ways having those unique uh, skills that the Coast Guard requires. I hit all the major ones there. Um, you could also get into the direct commission program by being a prior military officer in another branch. So let's say you went through the college ROTC Navy program. You've been a Navy officer. You have skills that will translate over to the Coast Guard. Rather than go through OCS or something like that, you'll just do the direct commission school and directly commission over to the Coast Guard. You might drop in rank. A couple people in my class that came from the Army, they dropped in rank from 03 to O two, O two 02 to 01, respectively. But you do retain that officership because you were already an officer. Now, what I want to highlight with these specialty programs, though, is like I was saying earlier, they hired you to do that job. If you got hired as an aviator, you got hired to be an aviator. You didn't get hired so that you could decide to become a response ashore person and start handling pollution IMD cases the Coast Guard has plenty of officers they can train to handle that. That direct commission aviator did not get hired to perform that job. So what ends up happening in these scenarios is if you're eligible for both direct commission officer school and officer candidate school, you get to really look at that and say, for what you're getting picked up for in the direct commission program, Is that the field that you would like to be in as a Coast Guard officer? And if not, you're really going to ask around your peers who have been through the direct commission program prior to you and ask them, did you have flexibility in your career choice? Because, like I said earlier, some do. Direct commission select school comes to mind that I think everyone in my class that was direct commission select school was going to be in a float officer as an ensign much like many of the Academy graduates are afloat officers as an ensign. That does not lock you into the afloat community. It encourages you to stay because you have quals already after leaving your first tour in two years. But it doesn't force you to stay in it. There's been plenty of afloat officers that have lateral over to response ashore, prevention ashore, and the aviation community. So you're by no means locked for that said trait. However, if you're becoming a direct commission lawyer or a direct commission doctor, you're pretty much going to be in that field. That's what I'm getting at with the gist of saying this. Um, Other things to be aware of is that the direct commission school, because we vary so widely in our time frame in the Coast Guard, I want to say half of my class were civilians. And that includes anyone who maybe graduated college and had some civilian time or just came directly from college to the Coast Guard with their degree that was in high demand. I'd say about half the class had no military background whatsoever. A couple other people were from other branches, mainly the army in this case. However, we accept people from all the other branches if their skills line up with ours we had an air force guy in the class there were a couple army guys aviators and intel guys that skills that the coast guard desperately needs right now see the trend and then the majority and then the remaining folks that made up the other half of the class were prior enlisted and our specialties and rates ranged as prior enlisted I was an MST, as I said, but that's not what got me into the direct commission school. What got me in there was because I attended a maritime academy and I was a maritime academy graduate, so I was being hired on as a maritime academy graduate. If you had intel experience, the guy I sat next to in class, Ensign Beecham, if you're listening, welcome. (laughs) He was a cyber guy for. About 10 years at the formation of this whole process, because cyber, you know, just is becoming a rate, so he was not in the cyber rate. He was a intelligence specialist, an IS doing cyber-like missions. And so when this program came out that they needed direct commission cyber officers, he was an excellent candidate based on his college degree that he had and work experience. So he became a cyber officer. And by getting hired on as a cyber officer, he's going to progress in the cyber officer career field going forward. I just want to make those points clear. I know I've drawn it out a little bit, but just so that everyone's crystal clear on how we all end up getting picked up as direct commission sources. It was because we went out and possessed skills that the Coast Guard needed. And I encourage you to look up on the gocoastguard.com direct commission officer program and you can see the entire list of desired specialties that they need. It's an excellent program. It's an excellent route. You don't go through a second boot camp. You essentially, direct commission school, when I showed up, I was told there was going to be a week of boot camp-like activity for us. Uh, That may have been true in the past, but at least for the past six years, that has not been the case, according to the instructors there. It's almost like a little bit more of a regimented C school in a way. I wouldn't even call it as regimented as an A school. It's just a five-week C school with leadership training and officership training on how to become an officer. And I found it very beneficial that they mixed the newest sessions in with the prior enlisted because they could have easily put all the prior enlisted in a three-week class separate from the newest sessions later on in a five-week class. But we all had such a lightning of ex- life experiences on the outside of the Coast Guard or on the inside of the Coast Guard for those that had made a long career with it, that we were able to share those life experiences and learn from each other on how leadership would work in different roles and help us all build and grow as leaders by... Maybe hearing about how you would do this in a different sector of society than everyone had the option to do, because not everyone had the option, had the experiences that other people have had. And likewise, for the new accessions, coming into the direct commission program, no one really helps you out or teaches you anything from the sounds of it. They give you your commission, you show up at your unit knowing absolutely nothing about the Coast Guard. Everyone's busy running around expecting that you know, you have bars on now. You went through a program that taught you the basics of the Coast Guard. And for a lot of these direct sessions, they had no knowledge of the Coast Guard whatsoever. Maybe they were part of an auxiliary unit, but that'd be the extent of a couple people's cases. The rest of them had no knowledge or experience whatsoever going in green. And so there are many moments. I remember quite clearly when my roommate was asking me questions on how to put on the uniform that Just having that little fundamental background of the Coast Guard, I was able to help him get squared away uniform-wise. I didn't have too many years in, but we had people that were prior chiefs before making the jump over to 01 in this direct commission program, and they had very good knowledge, insight, and experience on enlisted personnel work life and knowing how to deal and manage the enlisted workforce and work together as a unit and everyone really had a unique perspective because we'd all come from such different backgrounds, which is the coolest thing about the school, and the fact that we were able to learn from each other right away in a very civil, professional environment that wasn't designed to break us down and build us up like a boot camp is, but a colloquium almost, where we all got to come together and share stories and experiences of the other services, those civilian tracks and maybe prior sailors or working at shipyards if you were a Maritime Academy graduate, or lawyers actually who have testified and worked cases on civilian real-life scenarios, being able to share with us how to litigate and navigate the politics, almost, of dealing with policy that the Coast Guard has many, many layers of policy. So that's always helpful. And We got to have an enjoyable five weeks together. So that's DCO School in a very abbreviated nutshell. If you want a complete basis overview is essentially Leadership Development Center is a sub-branch that works on the Coast Guard Academy's campus but is not affiliated with the Coast Guard Academy. And they put together all these accession schools for officer candidate school, the uh, reserve officer school, which they call Rocky. That's a five-week program that goes on once a summer if you want to be an officer, but in the reserve component. c goes through OCS, that's OCS again. And then direct commission officer school all goes through the leadership development center that has their office on the Coast Guard Academy. Again, not affiliated with the Coast Guard Academy, but offices on the Coast Guard Academy. And... What they're really trying to do is just make us into the best officers we can possibly be. So during the time at DCO school, we learned a lot about how various applications work that we would need to use at our daily day um, life jobs, direct access, uh, the new and improved Coast Guard SharePoint, which has replaced the portal. But all this stuff won't be known if you're not in the Coast Guard currently, so I'll keep it very abbreviated just the the applications that we as coaches will use on a regular basis, we got more familiarized with. And then we also learned how to deal with various personalities. That was a really big part of DCO schools, figuring out our disc leadership style or conflict management styles, and figuring out how we work together with others. What are our values that mean most to us? And this was stretched over a five-week period and a lot of great classes. And we acted out scenarios if we happen to have interpersonal issues come up or we have a member that we're a supervisor to that needs our help or needs something from us. They're going through a tough time either financially, educationally, emotionally. What are the resources that we can provide to those members to be able to guide them down the right path that they need from us at that particular time? Do they need to go to a financial specialist? Do they need to see the chaplain? Who are all these people? So, In DCO school, you're going to learn about all those different resources and how you can guide people to use the correct ones. You don't need to know how to deal with every conflict per se, but know how to deal overall with a conflict and how to direct someone to the right person and not just kick them to the curb set the person feels valued because they are and that they're well taken care of and not just on a superficial level, but you actually took the extra effort and mile to take care of them. And then Officer evaluation reports, huge part of being an officer, award writing for your people. If they do something fantastic, you're going to go and write an award for them, boom. We need to learn how to write a perfect, pristine award for that shipmate of ours that did some great work organizing this event or doing this great achievable thing that resulted in the receiving of an award. And then likewise for our officer evaluation reports, every six months we have our evaluations, Checking in, basically an overview, seeing how we're doing at our job. And if you are bad at writing OERs, it's going to really hurt you in your career progression. So they really hammer home how to teach us how to write a good OER and get us on a good page with that. So that's the class-wise in a nutshell if you live close enough, I'd say within 9 or 10 hours of the Coast Guard Academy, bring your vehicle. You'll have plenty of time off to go and explore Connecticut. I did not have that luxury because I am in the wonderful state of Louisiana, which is very far away from Connecticut. And because of that, I made friends who had vehicles pretty quickly. Yes. That's <laughs> That's a very good secondary option is to make your friends with the people that had the vehicles and You can go out together, pay them some gas money or some food money if they cover your tab. But, you know, take care of them. They'll take care of you. And so you'll have plenty of time, like I said, to explore the area. Connecticut's a beautiful place. So go check out Mystic. They have the old Mystic town where they have the old drawbridge that comes up. And it's a very rustic-looking area. Mystic Pizza's famous there. They got the aquarium, which military gets in for free. So if you're in Mystic and you can go to the pristine Mystic Aquarium where they have those awesome beluga whales for free, yeah, I'm going. (laughs) There's no question about that. That's an awesome aquarium. And then you have New Haven accessible by train. There's a train station right in New London that can take you anywhere from Boston. Technically, all the way to Virginia, you're probably not going to go further than New York City, though. So you have Boston, New York City accessible by a cheap train ticket five minutes down the road. So... New London's a pretty accessible connector spot to a lot of areas. And then if you have your vehicle, you could even go on a drive away for the weekend if you want up to Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire, wherever you want to go. So again, within a 10-hour drive, I would bring your vehicle. Heck, even 12, I'd probably bring mine just because it really helps to have the vehicle there. You got a lot of downtime. And go to the gym quite often, get fit, organize sports events with your shipmates. It's a lot of fun when everyone gets together and comes and plays kickball or dodgeball or pick up basketball, and it's a great way to get to make some friends that you're likely going to be encountering throughout your Coast Guard career the rest of your time. And that's, I think, another big portion of DCO School is building that camaraderie and friendship and giving you the option to bond together as a class in your short time together, whereas all the other programs have over-triple the time that you have minimum in the academy, you got 40 times the amount to get used to your shipmates. So you're on borrowed time there with DCO school. So make the most of it. Now, getting into the overarching theme of what you will expect after DCO school, I can't really fit that into one box because of all those different avenues that you can take. But I can tell you my experience is that As a Maritime Academy graduate, you have two paths. You can either become an afloat officer, deck or engine, or you can become a prevention ashore officer. And what prevention ashore officers do is they inspect vessels and make sure they're compliant and safe to go out and sail. So you can either sail the vessels or approve and make sure they are safe. The caveat that I will say to that is once you... Pick a path. It's not impossible again to switch to the other one if you end up liking one more than the other. But you should probably have that figured out by the time the detailer will come and ask you what you want to do. And how that works is you get the letter saying you're accepted into the direct commission program months before you even report to your unit, which is before the school, mind you. So You'll get told you're going to have to pick from a list of billets, and you'll be able to call the detailer and have an hour long phone call with the detailer so that they get an idea of what your goals are in the Coast Guard, what are your motivations, your life goals, and your career goals. And they're going to try their best to line it up with what the needs of the service are at the same time. So. You work together with the detailer to figure that out. And if you really want to push for one or the other, I'm sure the detailer will help and do the best they can. But as far as I know, every Mar grad that I was with, we all went prevention. And some of them actually put boats higher than some of the prevention billets. So it sounds like they really need prevention officers at the moment. Prevention, it, that's what I'm in, it's a long process to get qualifications. And so, when people leave, that takes a while to fill those gaps in. And so, right now, prevention officers are very much needed. And overall, Coast Guard officers are very much needed to the point where the direct commission program is expanding. They're planning on adding more direct commission programs in the future. They're trying to retailer what exactly the direct commission program is not making major changes, but you I'll publicize it more and make it more well-known. I remember when I was a non-rate, applying for direct commission officer school, everyone said, oh, he's trying to go OCS. Well, that's not what I was trying to do. OCS is something entirely different. And you're going to hear that a lot, especially if you're enlisted in the Coast Guard trying to apply for this program is, oh, you go in OCS? Do you make OCS yet? For some reason, People do not know what direct commission officer school is. It's completely different. You both become an officer, but it's two completely different ways. You just correct, politely correct them and say, Nope, I'm going direct commission officer because we are not the same. There's completely different routes, completely different processes. And I think this leads a lot into people getting confused with your needs as a direct commission officer and get into your next unit. If you're in the Coast Guard already, it's going to be like a PCS, which is a permanent change of station for those of you not in the Coast Guard or other military service that don't know what I'm talking about by that. You are going to essentially move to your next unit and the government will provide you movers, take care of all your stuff that you need, or you could decide to move all your stuff on your own that's your decision. I'll cover moving and PCS in another episode, so I don't want to get too much into detail about that right now. But just remind them, I'm going direct commission officer. I need assistance as a direct commission officer. So I want to give a little bit of advice, mainly directed towards the newest sessions that will be going into the direct commission officer program, is that definitely seek out As much knowledge as possible at DCO school, before DCO school, talk to everyone, be a sponge. Learn about everything that they're going to be doing in all facets and aspects. Even if you're not going to be doing that, it's still great to know what your fellow peers are doing because at the end of the day, we're all one Coast Guard and we all work together and there's a steep learning curve to join in as a direct commission officer because we're the quickest schooling form, and you may be at your unit for months before you get to go to that school. They're trying to work on that, and they're doing this by adding more classes, but sometimes people have waited a year to go to direct commission officer school before, and that means that you're really learning on-the-job training for a lot of that stuff. So you definitely want to keep in mind that you're might not go directly to the schooling. And so just keep a very open mind. When you report to your unit, you may not know much, but if you're humble and you're a sponge, people will gravitate towards you rather quickly. Just be a very nice, honest person and you'll be very liked and respected very quickly at the unit. And then at the same time, I also recommend finding a mentor. This is for anybody. I'm a huge proponent in the mentorship program, as you're well aware, if you've heard about my mentorship program episode. But I think everyone should be a mentor and have a mentor, multiple mentors, and be a mentor for multiple people. Mentorship isn't exclusive to one-on-one. There's many types of mentorship, and that's actually a lesson that you learn at the DCO school too, ironically. But you should always be willing to mentor people and seek out mentors as well. Sometimes mentorships happen on the fly. You may have to be working with someone and you just gel and become mentor and mentee, but sometimes you really get to seek out a mentor. So look for someone that you quickly develop, a liking to, and respect the way that they lead and how they act at a daily basis at their job that you're going into, and really stick to them like a sponge because they have that experience that you do not have yet. And they are someone that you should very much learn from because they got to their point in their career, probably because they had great mentors and they did great practices as an officer in the Coast Guard or as a warrant in the Coast Guard or as a higher enlisted member in the Coast Guard. So gravitate towards them. I'm learning my job right now from retired warrant officer, now civilian working for the Coast Guard, and an MST-1 that I'm also working with that have been hugely, hugely helpful in understanding inspections that I wouldn't even begin to comprehend if I didn't have these guys with me. And so they effectively are my mentors at the moment, and I love having them. So definitely find a mentor that works for you. The other thing to keep in mind, being a direct commission officer, is you're in a unique position to spread the word out about direct commission officer schools and try to help out the community and spread the word and get it out there what a direct commission officer is. Because there's a lot of people, myself included, that when we became direct commission officers, our pay got screwed up. The movers didn't know what to do with us, so hence it took my setup that I'm speaking to you on today, three months to arrive to me at my apartment when I moved. So for three months, I couldn't record episodes because I didn't have my equipment to record said episodes. It was stuck in transit. And a lot of these reasons I attribute to people just being unfamiliar with how direct commission process works from start to finish, to no fault of anyone's own because it's such a small niche field of the Coast Guard that there's a lot that could go wrong, and it has gone wrong for many in the past. But I would encourage all of you to spread the word out about direct commission officer school and being a direct commission officer and encourage others to apply to be a direct commission officer if they have interest in becoming an officer in the coast guard and leading into that that'd be my challenge and encouragement is if you look up this program on the gocoastguard.com website again it's going to be a very brief overview however comma keep in mind that they're expanding it so be sure to check back regularly Try to find any information messages that you can from word of mouth and verify that with online resources to see if any updates get published. And try to see if you could potentially find a way to apply in the future. We have people, MarGrad is a good example. Traditionally, it was a You either have a deck license or an engine license to drive any size ship in the country as a third mate or a third engineer unlimited. The majority of MARGRADs coming in now, global studies majors. What is global studies and maritime affairs? It's a more policy-driven side of the coin. However, they went to a maritime school. They're eligible for the MARGRAD program. So read the fine print, and while it may seem like you're not eligible in the face, you may be eligible for a direct commission officer program. My other encouragement is if you're planning on making the Coast Guard a career and you don't know whether you want to be an officer or not and you may have already enlisted in the Coast Guard or you're thinking about enlisting in the Coast Guard, don't rule it out. I have had some of the best months of my life so far being an officer at my Marine Safety Unit in Houma, Louisiana. And at face value, you would have never thought me, say that I was going to be in Southern Louisiana and live in some of the best months that I've ever lived in my life down here. But I'll be completely honest, is that I really love my job. And that is a huge, huge, huge factor in why these have been some of the best months that I've had, is because my job brings me joy and I have a blast doing it. So, do not be afraid to shadow, regardless if you're a non-rate. When I was a non-rate, I had the opportunity to shadow prevention officers, and I'm actually working with the first-ever prevention officer that I shadowed at MSU HOMA right now. He took me out for two days' worth of inspections, and he taught me just like I was any other J.O., breaking in, petty officer, breaking in, learning the ways of being an inspector. Because as an inspector, rank doesn't matter. Experience is what matters. Now, don't take my inspector background as the holy grail for every field because I can't attest to those other fields. I don't know what it's like to be an officer on a cutter. I don't know what it's like to be an officer in an aviator at an air station. I don't know what it's like to be an officer in an IMD pollution shop. I know what my experience is like. But I'll tell you from my experience... We're all out there to help each other grow and raise that needle. If you know something and I don't know it, you want me to know it because by us both knowing it, we've effectively raised the standard what it means to be a Coast Guard inspector. And to me, at the end of the day, that sharing of knowledge information is hugely powerful in driving this organization forward and making it a better place for everybody, something that I only would have been able to obtain by going through the direct commission officer program. I'm a very high proponent for it. If you have any questions about it, again, if you want to be an officer, don't necessarily apply to all the programs if you have a specific want and need. Because some will tell you, apply to any officer program you can to increase your chances at becoming an officer, and you'll figure it out later. But I may have potentially not been a prevention officer had I gone through OCS. So if you have a specific goal in mind and you want to attain a specific route, go the route that's going to get you there the most effective and best way. I spent my time not being an officer because I was very niche in this goal, but now I'm in my niche and I'm loving every single second of it. I'm being a sponge right now. I tell you, it's some of the best months of my life, getting back to that again. So long story short, we'll get into prevention and being an inspector in another episode. I got plenty of inspectors that know a lot more than I do being at this unit for the years that they have been doing inspections five days a week for years. So we'll keep it to direct commission officer focus. To recap, apply if you qualify and you have the desire and interest. I will promise you, you will not regret the decision. Personally, I think more opportunities are available to you as an officer in the Coast Guard. They have programs such as the Olmsted program, where they literally, you already have your bachelor's degree being an officer. The Olmsted program will give you a three-year time frame where one year you spend at the language learning school in Monterey, California, and the other two years they put you in a country that you've worked out in agreement with the Olmstead scholarship community and you learn the language of said country. So let's say you want to learn Russian, you'll get placed in a Russian school at Monterey for a year and then potentially at a college in Russia learning and being immersed in their culture for two years. Only available to officers. Other things, you can get access to graduate school programs, only available to officers. They'll pay for you to go to graduate school, and then you do a buyback tour for the Coast Guard. But if you wanted to make a career in the Coast Guard anyways, pretty good deal, in my opinion. So, we'll get into all these opportunities and benefits, but why I'm enticing you with them is to show you direct commission officer is not the pinnacle of the pyramid. In fact, I would call it a foundational block, It's the beginning of an oasis of flowers that opens many paths that you wouldn't have even thought about before you got into it. There's so many things that I'm learning now, being an officer that I didn't know a couple months ago, and I'd love to share them all with you, and I intend to share them all with you in future episodes, but I hope you enjoyed my coverage of being a direct commission officer. I know it's rare for me to do these monologues where it's just me and I don't have a back and forth with somebody. But thank you all for tuning in today. And I promise I'll have some great guests coming on the next couple of episodes so that you all get the best information that you possibly can. Any more questions about Direct Commission Officer School? You all know the Instagram, Coast to Coasties. You can find me C-O-A-S-T-T-O, C-O-A-S-T-I-E-S, on Instagram. And message me your questions. I love, love, love answering your questions like I have been. And just giving you general advice and mentorship to the best of my ability. To all of you who are again ready to go to boot camp that have been asking me questions back and forth over the past couple of weeks, good luck to you all. You're going to crush it. You're going to do extremely well. And I encourage you to have good luck at your first unit and make the most of it wherever you get stationed because positive attitude is the number one crux in any given situation. If you have a positive attitude, it makes life so much better no matter where you are. So go in there with a positive attitude, crush it, do well. I encourage you to keep me informed and stay in touch with me after you get to your first stations and go forward from there. Again, any more questions about direct commission officer school, I'm always reachable, and I hope you really got a lot out of this episode, enjoyed it, and I look forward to talking to you soon again in two weeks on the next episode of the Coast to Coasties podcast.